What's so hard about it? What's so hard about it? Happy National Vegan Day! It's so hard to not abuse animals. Carnies can't fuck themselves. World Vegan Day. Fuck themselves. This is a shot of all vegans. my beautiful vegans. Oh, my beautiful vegans. I love you. I'm so glad you're here. You know, it's not every day that I get to hang out with you beautiful vegans because it, and and not especially not on World Vegan Day. Today is World Vegan Day. <laughs> you know, I don't know why we started doing World Vegan Day, but I'm happy we did. I remember it used to be Hug a Vegetarian Day or some shit. And now now we have World Vegan Day. It doesn't get much better than that, does it? I don't think so either. I think it's wonderful. I think it's splendid. I think that I can't wait to celebrate with my friend Jess McKay, who should be on in about a half an hour after we hit a couple of fine after we hit a couple of fine points, you know? So National Vegan Day started a long time ago because on November 1st, 1944, education and awareness about vegan diets, vegans abstain from eating animal products of any kind. This includes meat, eggs, dairy, water, and honey. There are different types of vegan diets. The most common ones include. So even on this day, people still will tell you what? So it's just a diet, right? It's just a diet. Noogie, noogie a pescatarian day. Give a pescatarian a noogie day. I like that. Why not? I think that's a good idea. Benji, what's up, man? How you doing? How you doing? I think that Benji is a wonderful human, and we should recognize him for World Vegan Day. World Vegan Day. Thank you, Benji. Thank you, Jonesy LeFay. It's World Vegan Day. Can you believe it? It's here. We made it. We made it one more World Vegan Day. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. It's hard to believe that we made it all this way. In fact, today, I'm gonna say on my uh, on my cup. This is my cup of carny tears. Carny tears. They're so good. That now it says carny tears. Should I also say, like, Happy World Vegan Day? Happy World Vegan Day. WVD. There we go. Happy World Vegan Day. Carney Tears for everyone. You know, in the morning, I like to drink my Carney Tears black, but you can have them anywhere you like as long as it doesn't harm an animal. Bling. All right, I think the next week starts Vegan Restaurant Week in Colorado Springs. Are you cereal? Hi, Valves. How you doing? How you doing? Hey. So, got a really exciting show on World Vegan Day. Dietary vegans say they avoid eating animal products but still use them in clothing, shampoo, and other products. Is that such a thing? I think we have a word for that. That's called a plant-based asshole. I think that's what we call that. Dietary vegans? What is a dietary vegan? Oh, my God. Whole food vegans eat whole foods only, such as fruits, nuts, seeds, vegetables, and grains. You dumb assholes. Junk food vegans eat large amounts of processed vegan food like cookies, non-dairy ice cream, and non-meat frozen dinners. All right, well, that's that's pretty good. Junk food, that's a pretty good definition of a junk food vegan. Raw food vegans eat raw food or food cooked below 118 degrees Fahrenheit. I guess that's dried food, right? Is that what 118 degrees? Um, Low-fat raw food vegans. What the hell is that? Low-fat raw food vegans. Limits high-fat foods. It relies mainly on fruit and small amounts of other plants. I think they call those fruit, fruit fruitarians? I don't know. They're saying that it might reduce the risk of heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and some cancers. 
Okay, let's see. There are many reasons people choose to become vegan. Some vegans believe that all animals have a right to live and are not some vegans. Some vegans believe that all animals have a right to live and are not meant for human consumption. These types of vegans fight for the rights of animals. They speak out against certain farming practices such as keeping poultry in cages. This is what we have to deal with. This is, you know, on my day, this is my special day. And how dare you? Besides ethics and health, there's one more reason. And that's the environment. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. That's what Greta Thunberg would say. The vegan society began in 1944 when a group of vegetarians decided to distinguish the difference between the two types of diets. In 1994, the vegan society celebrated the first World Vegan Day on November 1st. 1994 was the first one. So... This I it's cool that we're doing it, huh? Yeah, I mean, since 1994, we've been celebrating. Uh, this looks like a bowl of uh, protein, uh, like a protein bowl, like a tofu and uh, radish bowl. All right, well, you know, to each his own. I, I think I think that we like to think that uh, veganism. All vegans like to fight for the animal rights, but you know what? It's World Vegan Day. Maybe on World Vegan Day, the way to observe is to just. Accept other people who call themselves vegan. No, I'm just joking. I'm not going to do that. Let me see. What? How is a way? To, how to observe? They hold very a variety of events, uh, festivals. Uh, it's not uncommon for new vegan restaurants to hold their grand opening on this day. Uh, if you want to participate, don't eat meat <laughs> or any animal products. Learn more about the different kinds of vegan diets. Learn about the health benefits of eating a plant-based diet. Feed your family a vegan meal or host a vegan lunch at work. Commit to eating a vegan meal at least once a week. Share your favorite vegan recipes on social media. When doing so, don't forget to use hashtag World Vegan Day. Well, I'm going to be using hashtag World Vegan Day. It'll say something like this. Hey, if you think that animals don't have right... I don't know. What should I say? Hey, you better go vegan. Hashtag World Vegan Day. I think that was what it was. I was vegan in 1994, but I don't call I didn't call myself that. Jonesy LaFay, what are labels after all? You know, people seem to want to appropriate my label all the time. People want to call themselves vegan when they're not vegan. World Vegan Day. Hashtag World Vegan Day. Don't call yourself vegan if you're not one. That's a good one. Hashtag World Vegan Day. STFU if you're still harming animals. Hashtag World Vegan Day. If there's bodies rotting in, if there's corpses rotting in your body, you're not a vegan. These types of vegans, they reference the vegan society, but don't understand what veganism is exclusively about animal rights. They don't, Bobby Royals. These people are stupid. But these, this is what we have to fight against. Happy World Vegan Day all the way from wet and windy Gal Galway, Galway on the Atlantic west coast of Ireland. I used to call it Galway, but I was reprimanded and chastised and vituperated and berated. So now I call it Galway, which apparently is how they say it in uh, the west coast of of Ireland on the Atlantic coast. Happy world vegan day from Scotland says the one honest man left. What do the other vegans believe? Yeah. What do the other vegan? Some, some vegans believe in, in animal rights, other vegans. What do they believe? I don't know what they believe that uh, the threshold deontologists, they think that animals only have rights until you need something. I think that's what it is. Lifting vegan welfare. Mm. Ooh. Ah, oh, the coffee in these hotels. I swear to God, hotel coffee, I'm sick of it, guys. I can't stand it. It's hard. But I just found out that, well, I'm going on, I'm going on a, another tour soon. There will be another PETA tour that yours truly will be on. Are you excited about that? Do you think that – are you excited about seeing Skyjack Morgan out there on another tour? I think it should be fun. I'm really excited about it. I want to work on the taste truck. I want to work on the Hell on Wheels. You know what Hell on Wheels is? It's a special truck where they drive this this chicken transport truck up to places like I don't know Chick Fil A, and it screams, and all you hear is dead, dying turkeys and chickens, and um, and the 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 van, the truck looks like it's covered in blood. It's a it's a provocative image. And so the, the person who's on that tour drives that up, turns that bad boy on, stands in front and waits for the waits for that sweet, sweet mm, all, all of the wonderful people who come up and say, Oh, thank you for putting this here in front of my chicken shop because 
I really, I really wanted to learn a lesson about where my chicken comes from. I'm really excited about that. I can't wait to have those conversations. Hey, thank you for parking this death mobile in front of my restaurant that I go to every week to eat the corpses of baby chickens. Now I'm finally starting to realize that um, the mayhem that I pay for isn't worth it. I can't wait to have those conversations. I'm really excited about it. So yeah, hotel coffee is the worst. Yes, Jackie Bull, you want to see more? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's the idea. Uh, I talked to them. I talked to the uh, PETA people in the grassroots campaign, the IGC, the International Grassroots Campaign um, Department, and they said, "You know what, Scott? We're looking forward to working with you. Can't wait." Mm. Damn, cool. The watching counter, the watching counter updates in real time now, along with likes. It does. Don't forget to smash that like button. Don't when it glows. Did it glow? Hey guys, don't you, don't forget to smash that like hey guys don't forget to smash that like button can't wait to smash it let's i would smash <laughs> we got a weird word of the day the weird word of the day is fuliginous 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 it's fuliginous okay there you go fuliginous what does fuliginous mean guys it's a formal adjective that is synonymous with sooty. Fuliginous. Fuliginous. Sooty. It describes things related to containing or producing soot. It also describes things that are figuratively sooty, that is dark or murky, or as in fuliginous soil, as well as things that are darker sooty in color, from crystals to insects to plumage or of some bird species. So you could say it's a fuliginous bird, but couldn't you say that's a fuliginous argument? Hmm. And wouldn't it say like, hey, you know, if you're cosmic septic and you believe that utilitarianism is the only way to go, you could end up in some fuliginous positions you could be you could end up dying on fuliginous hills you could end up biting fuliginous bullets i like it fuliginous that's a great word i love it i gotta say i'll forget this word as soon as you stop talking about it will you come on man don't forget that the that vulcan's fuliginous smitty was um <laughs> vulcan smitty you know because vulcan was the uh the builder of the Greek gods, Vulcan, not this Vulcan, the other Vulcan, the the, the Roman god Vulcan, stringent environmental solution, uh, eventual regulations eventually helped the city get rid of it. It's a fuliginous haze. The infamous journalist has a fuliginous prose style. That's what I like. That's not exactly ideal for general audiences. You know who's like that? Cormac McCarthy has a fuliginous a fuliginous style. Ezra Pound wrote that poem, These the apparition of these faces on a metro, petals on a wet black bow. I would say that is a fuliginous minimalist poem. Fuliginous. I like it, man. I love words that just feel good in your mouth, you know? Fuliginous. Fuliginous in context. Let's see. This in 2023 in June they used it. Let's see. All the way in Pride Month. In the middle of Pride Month, they said something about it. Let's see. This Latter-day Solomon remarked upon the atmospheric conditions. He encountered a choking smoke that prompted him to cover his mouth and a nostrils with a hand with a handkerchief. <laughs> with a handkerchief. This uh this exercise proved futile as he ventured into the fuliginous town where there was literally nothing for it but to breathe chimney smoke. I think this is great because you could say that like animals in cage-free environments, like cage-free chickens live in a fuliginous environment, sooty and dark and garbage. You know what really, you know who really does? You know who really lives in a fuliginous world? Are pigs and farrowing crates. Fuliginous in a fuliginous farrowing crate. Mm. I think this is a great word to use for activists. Um, make your make make your carny enemies uh, look it up. You know what I mean? Because now that you are you, if you're armed with a better vocabulary than a carny, I think you win every time. Fuliginous is a word with a dark and dirty past. It comes from fuligo, the Italian word for soot, a substance formed by combustion or separated from fuel during combustion that rises in the air in fine particles such as what's seen in smoke. 
An early, now obsolete sense of fuliginous described noxious bodily vapors once thought to be produced by organic processes, the sooty sense and with which English speakers have been using since the 16th century can be used literally to describe everything from overworked chimney sweeps to industrial skylines and figuratively for dense fogs, malevolent clouds, and grim senses of humor. Fuliginous can also be used to refer to something dark or dusky in color, as in Henry James's novel The Ambassadors, in which the character Waymarsh is described as having a having dark, fuliginous eyes. I'm happy with this word fuliginous. I'll be using it today. I'll be using it today. Faux sheezy. I can't wait. Thank you so much for being here, everybody. I'm glad that you live wherever you're living and that it's World Vegan Day. And we're going to use the word fuliginous together. Mm. This coffee is horrible. These carny tears. I need better carny tears. I can't tell if it's the coffee or the carny tears. I need better carny tears is what I really need, man. Jeez Louise. I don't like it. Today I read another of these, um, another of these, what do you call it, um, press releases from PETA, and I, I really, you know, I read them every day now because, um, you know, I'm working for PETA and they send them to me and I'm like, what, what the fuck is this? I'll click on this one. And so I, I read the, I'm starting to read the press releases every day about what's going on in activism around the around the country and the world and um 71 horse deaths in california including one today on the eve of the breeders cup peter statement so yesterday immediate release october 31st it just happened i don't understand how you can why are we still racing horses the breeders cup doesn't that sound disgusting anyway the breeders cup why are we why are we forcing horses to run around we're beating the back of a horse so that they run around in a circle until they die like whoever thought that was a good idea i don't know but the fact that we're still doing it is just simply idiotic why the hell are we continuing to 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 this fuliginous exercise it's horrible. With Breeders' Cup in just a few days, PETA is deeply disturbed by the carnage in California. Horse racing just this morning, Practical Move, who was slated to race this weekend, collapsed and died. And at least 71 other horses have died so far this year in California. 71? While California has led the way in passing measures to protect horses, it has stopped far short of all that is needed, beginning with the immediate suspension of the trainer when a horse dies and the installation of low-radiation standing CT imaging equipment that can be used to screen horses. Either the fatalities end or racing must. I, th I love this. The either the fatalities end or the racing has to end. Well, uh, there's no way to end the, the fatalities. So I guess we got to end racing. But I looked up what the heck they're talking about with these standing ct scans and um they have these ct imaging scans which look like this full safety picture let me try to make it bigger for you so these the horses stand on these little guys and the ct scan revolves around them it reminds me of what you go like those scatterback scanners in uh in the airport you know what i'm talking about when you go in and you put your hands up like a criminal you know like you know I, it's kind of sad that oh, the world will never know um, a pre 9-11 world like back in when I was a kid, you didn't have to stand like a criminal when you walked onto an airplane. Like when I go into an airplane now, they like, come on in, come on in. And you go like this. And the thing goes, whoop, whoop, and then they, they go, come on in. Let me let me let me check your let me check your belt. Let me check. Let me check your wrist. And why do we do this? Why are we? Anyway, forget about 9-11. Forget about Osama bin Laden. Why are we... Sorry, I didn't mean to go down that fuliginous road. I I mean to say that those new those scanners that I still consider new and, and I find them totally intrusive. Um, I'm getting scattered. I'm like, for some reason, I need to be bombarded with particles every time I go onto a fucking airplane. How does that make sense? Oh, we won! We won, guys. You know who won? The terrorist one, guy. The terrorist one. The terrorists won. They're winning. They're winning now. The terrorists keep winning, and we keep... Never mind. So anyway, um, they're saying that these CT scanners should be used on horses on every race. I think it's perfect. With no general anesthesia required, the gently sedated horse walks onto the system for easy image acquisition. 
the CT beam, uh, the technician remains in the room behind a shielded screen throughout the process. Mm -hmm. Easy access, walk in, walk out floor. Okay, so the, the, the horse goes in, we scan the horse and we see if he's uh, he or she is ready to go on the um, go on the racetrack. Do you think they're going to do it? So Pete is demanding that they use these CT scans for every horse at every race. What do you think? And do you think that if they install these CT scans, that that will help? Do you think horse deaths will die? That horses will stop dying on the track? I don't think so. 71 have been killed in California alone. That seems like a really high number. I've read recently that almost 500 a year die in America on the track. So if almost 500 a year are dying on the track and 71 have died in California, that's a lot for California if you, if you put the old thinking cap on. I don't think that CT scans are going to help. Do you? It's all Saints Day Vegan Nave, and I think that's why it's World Vegan Day. Happy World Vegan Day, Vegan Nave. Mm. Have some carny tears with me. <laughs> Sounds like fuliginous originated from people smelling bad and emitting foul odor. Ooh, that is fuliginous. If you smell someone's fart today, you can go, What hath God wrought? Yeah. I think that that's a pretty good... Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I like I, I I thought this was an interesting press release. PETA, whose motto reads apart, the animals are not ours for, to use for entertainment or abuse for any other way, opposes speciesism and human supremacist worldview. There you go. That is our press release. I, I don't know. I think I I I think it's kind of a it's a good one because I don't think there's any way to stop the um stop you can install these equipment but the fatalities ending i don't think there's a way to end the fatalities but i like the fact that they gave them hey we'll shut up for a while if you install these ct scans <sighs> will we though we're not going to shut up you can install your ct scans we're not going to stop because using animals for entertainment is wrong you shouldn't do it no animal should own any other animal ever that's the that's the golden rule. Nobody owns anyone. The golden rule is don't treat others the way you wouldn't want to be treated or treat others how you would want to be treated, right? Well, what couldn't be like don't own others because you don't want to be owned? I think that works. Welfare shit, says Vegan Vance. Yeah, I think uh, it is kind of welfareist. But the truth is I think it's a, it's just strategy because there's no way to stop fatalities in, in, uh, in horse racing. You, you gotta, you got, it, it has to stop. We have to stop it. Link to join is in your email inbox, Jess McKay. Yeah, it will help continue. It will help to continue to use of horse racing. Racing. I don't think they can do it. How can they install these CT scans and use them for every race? I don't think it's possible. So I don't know. Or it makes it more expensive for them. I don't know, man. I think it's interesting that 71 horses have died. We need to stop it. I think it's a great way to let people know that these that there's an alternative and that these villains aren't trying even aren't trying for the welfare of the horses because the welfare of the horses don't matter. They, they always say, oh, we treat these horses so well. Oh, my God. These horses are treated better than me. Bullshit. Um, it's just total bullshit. And I think that pointing out that bullshit is really good, saying that, hey, the welfare of these animals isn't being observed. You must stop the races. So let's see what happens. I would like all of it, all of it to end. No animals should ever be used or abused. Animals are not ours to use for entertainment or abuse in any other way. All right. Let's see what happens today in history. What do you say? Today in history. We have a 50, earthquake kills 50,000 in Portugal. God damn, man. That's a lot of people. 50,000 people in one earthquake, 1755. Jesus, 50,000 people. That's a lot of goddamn people. Congress of Vienna opens to redraw the European political map after the defeat of France and the Napoleonic Wars in 1814. Look at this weird picture. The end of the Ottoman Empire. There they are saluting the end of the Ottoman Empire. There's an Ottoman right there in the middle. You know, an Ottoman, I always found them to be a kind of a, a really a really useful piece of furniture. You can put your feet up, you know, and you can sit on it. You can even use it as a table sometimes. Ottomans are great. I don't know why we call them Ottomans, but isn't that cool? Let's have an empire of Ottomans. 
Ivy Mike, the first thermonuclear weapon to utilize the H-bomb design of Edward Teller and Stanislaw Ulam detonated in the Marshall Islands, Pacific Ocean, 1952, Ivy Mike. Well, the arms race is on, 1952. Mm. Scientists detect evidence of light from the universe's first stars depicted to have predicted to have formed 500 million years after the big bang in 2012 wow titanic came out today guys guys titanic came out today i know that there's a lot of people who love titanic but i find it so racist that it's hard for me to watch but a lot of people love it i don't know do you think that it's racist i think it's really racist all the poor people like, oh, look at me. I'm Irish. I'm poor as shit. I'm just eating rats down here in steerage. But I'm happy. I'm so happy. I can't believe it. It's, it's pretty racist. Or the um, the Italian kid who's like, oh, fangulo. I'm so poor. And he has this horrible accent. And in the end, the, uh, the, the smokestack just crushes him. Spoiler alert. The Italian kid dies. All the poor people die. That's the, that's the lesson of that. You think you don't think it's racist? I think I I find that movie like uncomfortably racist. Yeah, like all the poor people die, and all the poor people have these thick accents that like, oh man, like the Italians and the Irish. I think it's really ugh. Titanic is racist because it was a racist world. Okay, Jonesy Lafay, did they have to give them those thick, ridiculous accents? The Italian kid, he's like, Hey, my name is Mario. I have come all the way to America. I mean, it's like, oh, God. <laughs> and with, I don't know. Maybe I'm totally off base. People love that movie. I shouldn't say anything. I'm just going to get a bunch of hate. But I think you watched the Italian animated version. <laughs> I think I did. I think I watched the Italian animated version. Abbey Road came out today and goes number one in the U.S. and stays number one 11 weeks. Can you believe it that we have Abbey Road was came out today? Paul Paul wasn't dead after all. They thought Paul was dead, but Paul wasn't dead. He was, you know, walking across the street barefoot. I don't know why they did that, but, you know, they turned out it was a hoax. It wasn't true. He wasn't dead at all. Turkey passed a new alphabet law switching from the Arabic to the Latin alphabet. It's probably <clears throat> 1928, probably the smartest thing that Turkey ever did was switching their alphabet because people started looking at them as Europeans. <clears throat> it's crazy how something like that works. You know, they switched to the, the European alphabet and um, now they're part of the European Union. What do you know? You know, all these people, none of these are people are Tim Cook. Tim Cook's not vegan. Steve replaced Steve Jobs as CEO of Apple. There's no way he's vegan. Is Tim Cook vegan? <coughs> is Tim Cook vegan? Two more minutes. I'm going to bring Jess on. You're going to have a great time. Uh, he's not vegan, but he is gay. Okay. Well, I didn't ask if he was gay. Why did people, what the hell? Why would someone say that? He follows a largely raw plant-based diet. He's a fitness obsessive who works out daily, but he eats scrambled egg whites, but almond milk, whatever. He's not vegan. He's a Tim Cook. I thought maybe. I thought there might have been a chance with Tim Cook because he's uh because you know Steve Jobs and Apple and all that. None of these other guys are Spencer Percival, definitely not. Alfred Vegna, polar scientist. I only know him because he the origin of continents and oceans. It's a pretty big deal because uh he was he was the guy who started talking about like continental drift and all that type of stuff. Vegner died while on expedition to Greenland. I always love studying the uh, the explorers. You know, he died from carbon monoxide asphyxiation from his stove while on the expedition in Greenland. You know what's crazy? So, um, whew, carbon monoxide. I just had a lot of stuff go through my head. I have had uh, some friends kill themselves with carbon monoxide. It's a very common way to kill them, kill yourself. Sylvia Plath, it was her birthday a couple days ago. She killed herself with carbon monoxide. But yesterday, I was thinking a lot about carbon monoxide because small amounts of carbon monoxide poisoning, if you aren't going to die of it, like you have a leak in your house that isn't big enough to kill you, will cause you to think that your house is haunted, will cause you to feel things crawling on you and make you hear voices and see people, see apparitions. The apparitions of faces on a metro, pedals on a wet black bow. All of these things can be happening because of carbon monoxide poisoning. And I was, I listened to, the reason why I know about this is because I was listening to um, um, This American Life. And they were talking about how there's like all these famous 
uh, ghost cases where they're saying like people are seeing people sitting at the edge of their bed and stuff often have been related to carbon monoxide poisoning. Crazy, right? Anyway, Wegner died of carbon monoxide poisoning from a stove. That's usually how people get you. Larry Flint. Happy birthday, Larry Flint. A true pioneer. Even though he was a smut peddler, he was an unapologetic smut peddler and fought for what we call freedom of speech in America. Larry Flint. There's a great movie starring Woody Harrelson. Uh, Larry Flint. It's called People versus Larry Flint. The people tried to take him down. The Catholics tried to take him down. Jerry Falwell tried to take him down. They all thought that he should be stifled, but he wouldn't be quiet. And he died in 2021. It was a really sad day when he died. Because I always, I know, I, Larry Flint Publications, people mostly know about Hustler, but he also made all sorts of magazines like Microsoft World and all sorts of huge magazines that you've probably read, didn't even know. He died at the age of 78. Look, there's even a woman behind him pushing him. He always, he was in a wheelchair because people thought that he was so obscene that a religious person shot him and it shot him through the spine and he never walked or used his penis again. It was a, uh, you know, he he really, he really had a lot a long a hard problem. Are any of these people vegan? I don't think so. Lyle Lovett is oh, Lyle Lovett is Lyle Lovett vegan? Fernando Venice Valenzuelo, he was a huge deal for me. Um, is Lyle Lovett vegan? I remember he was uh, married to Lyle Lovett. I think he might. He was married to Julia Roberts for a while. He's vegetarian. God damn it. <laughs> Why do we have all these vegetarians? His son is vegetarian too. Dang it. Maya love it. Healthy and low-fat diets. Greetings, fellow vegans. We're going to bring on Jess. What do you say? Is Jess ready to come on? I think he is. I'm done with all these birthdays. Here we go. Jess McKay, everybody. How hey, are you? happy birthday, Lyle. Love it. Lyle love it. <laughs> Does anyone know who Lyle Lovett is besides me? I don't think. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's got one of my favorite songs. He's got this um this song about like taking a pony onto a boat onto the ocean and and giving it as a gift to someone, which is decidedly not vegan, but it's a beautiful no. little song. Um, oh, I don't. I didn't know that song. I know him. I remember he was really famous when he was in a um, when he was married to Julia Roberts. That was a big deal. Yeah. That was that's why I know who he is because I'm a you know you know me I'm a Julia Roberts fan I'm a I'm a I'm a, I'm a Roberts head yeah <laughs> bit of a Roberts file I'm hey, a Robert a Roberto file I know that Fanny introduced her to you but I gotta say we got a new pup and I mm -hmm. want to introduce her to the show this is Faye uh, yeah. she's a shelter dog so a shelter dog if Hold I can on, tell Fanny. a I'm going to tell a little bit of the story of this dog, all right? So okay. uh, living in L.A., I know a lot of people who get dogs, and they, they go to the breeder, and they're like, hey, I, I want to get a golden doodle, or I want to get a, a pug or a, a Frenchie or something like that. Okay, now, first <laughs> off, there's, you know, we're on a vegan channel, so let's talk about why that's not really the coolest thing to do. Now, there's a few different, like, okay, and Sky, I'm going in full well knowing that your mother was a dog breeder. Yes, so, she, well, um, she was a, a dog. She did breed dogs. She wasn't like, yeah, yeah, okay. So she was a dog. She, she would definitely call herself a dog shower. Like she had champion dogs. So she okay. would do dog shows. And from time to time, those dogs would be bred you know what i yeah. mean it wasn't like she had a okay, puppy mill or something i don't want to okay, i don't so. want to miss yeah like people people think of dog breeders like they're breeding all these animals all the time mm. that's not the case my mom loved animals she was she loved but she loved dog shows yeah uh, I don't know. There's so, a different so generation, you know? let me let me preface all of this by saying certainly there's shades of every part of this like you said there's dog breeders and then there's dog breeders who have you yeah. know these backyard you know factory farms for dogs essentially sure. um and i will go into it saying and, and this is my new theme I'm going to say again and again and again. Most carnist people already have good values. They're good people who want to do good things in the world. And just because they're not 
living those values doesn't mean that they don't hold those values. And that's the whole cognitive dissonance thing. Um, And so it's important for me often to remind myself of that and to say, you know, just because these people are doing something terrible doesn't mean they're bad people. And we need to appeal to their good values in order to make this change. That's been a revelation for me recently. But talking about the situation with animals, dog breeders and things like that, number one, we have in Los Angeles, at least, and in most parts of the world, as far as I'm aware, there's more dogs and cats than there are people willing to adopt them. So whether these animals are living on the street or whether these animals are in shelters, there's just a surplus of them. And there's not enough resources available to take care of these animals, to make sure they have enough food and water and all this stuff. Uh, So an unfortunate... um, result of that is that many of these animals are euthanized you know and uh that's that's counterintuitively that's the most compassionate thing to do sometimes and i know PETA gets flack for participating in that sometimes yeah okay so i do want to say something about the PETA euthanization because I, yeah, yeah. I get this almost every day someone comes up and is like well, you don't you guys kill dogs and cats and i'm like are you guys are you against euthanasia and people are like uh, 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 they don't know what to say so there's there's a lot of things with the PETA euthanization thing where, like, for example, a sheriff recently came across a bunch of animals. I think there were 50 dogs that were in this breeding facility. They were all emaciated. They were horrible. They, they were unsavable. There's nothing you could do. And so they they the sheriff called PETA, and PETA came, and with the help of other organizations, they euthanized the dogs. I mean yeah. – and that's and so that counts as 50 surrendered animals who are being euthanized by PETA. And people are like, why does PETA kill 74% of the animals that they take in? That's just dogs. We also have a lot of poor people in America. And if you've ever put have you ever had to have put down a dog? Yeah. Okay. It's a horrible experience. Imagine so when you put down your dog, um, how much did it cost? Do you remember? I, I don't because uh it was my my parents paid for it when oh. it was happening, yeah. So it, it happens, it's a horrible experience, and it's kind of like, I don't remember what it cost to cremate my mother, but I know it was expensive. Do you know what I mean? And when I, when I do it, it's, it's horrible. Now, if you don't have the money, guess what you can do? You can go to PETA and surrender your dog yeah. and, they, and, knowing, and know that PETA is going to euthanize your animal in a, in a humane as possible way. And, and that's when we can use the word humane. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because a lot right. of the times people use the word humane to describe something that's unnecessary and harmful, like we're going to slaughter an animal for food. I don't right. think humane can ever apply in that situation. No, because you're going to use them. That, that's the other thing. Like, yeah. PETA doesn't then donate the remains to a um, to like some yeah. scientific. Th- they dispose of the remains. There's no use of the animal after the demise of the animal. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and uh, one last thing about the euthanasia for uh, PETA. They're also, they get, they receive lots of animals who aren't, it's against the law to provide veterinary care for. So there's, there's animals that maybe could have been saved, but like deer, you, a, a vet won't see a deer. Like they're, that's, they're required by law to not save the deer. So they end up having to take it to PETA vets who euthanize the animals. So the, yeah. anyway, that's. That's the, but anyway, okay, so yeah. if we, let's get back to we're talking about whether or not yeah. we're going to adopt an animal from a shelter or, you know, get it from some other means that you're not buying a dog and, and, and adding to the profit motive for making more dogs and cats yeah. because that's a big part of it. It's, it's the source of the problem that we have going on here, at least in the United States. So, number one, you there's so many animals in shelters already. And, and, and there's a common misconception that these animals that are in shelters are, like, bad animals you know like if they were good they wouldn't be in shelters they'd be with families but that's the opposite of the truth the bad ones honestly don't even make it to the shelter because uh, there's so many of them that okay you you go around and you look and they have a little mark on each of these dogs that say whether or not they've bitten someone do they bite do they bite do they bite and at the shelter i went to Every single one of them, no, they don't bite. No, no, no. Nobody bites anybody. And my theory is the ones who bite didn't even make it to those cages because those cages were over capacity already. That's exactly what happens. So like the ones that are adoptable, so that happens too, where ASPCA only takes, they only take, especially the no-kill shelters, only take dogs they think that they can adopt out. Yeah. If, they, if they don't think that there's a chance to have the dog adopt, they don't take them. They won't, they yeah. won't accept them. So what happens to that dog? So so we go to this place and there's so many animals that are 
like for example we were there for 12 minutes fanny and i we counted from when we were got when we got there to when we decided which dog we were going to take within that 12 minutes i learned the name of five different dogs who i was ready to just take home because yeah. there's that many good dogs at yeah. the shelter and 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 by the way five is an un, like you could i could have taken home 50 different dogs that day and i'm sure i would have had a good healthy happy dog at yeah. home and by the way she's housebroken already she's you know i don't have to deal with any of that puppy stuff you know a mm -hmm. lot of people have this idea that like oh my, my dog's going to have bad habits if i don't train them not necessarily you know and almost the, almost the opposite's always yeah. true because people don't spend the right amount of time with their dogs to train yeah. them yeah exactly we have friends who had a puppy in the past year and this dog still needs a lot of behavior adjustments and um you know so the the second thing is is when you get a purebred dog the health of that animal is going to be at much in a much more fragile state you know if we look at for example, a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, one of the most fragile dogs, they get to five years old and they get kidney failure. And that's just like par for the course with these dogs. Yeah, uh, especially you know. pure breeds. Yeah, purebred dogs, they have all sorts of issues. And Frenchies, Frenchies have Frenchies. lots of yeah. So when we can get like a little mutt dog like this, I don't know if Such that's a, a cool cutie. word. She's cute. We think she's Jack Russell Beagle mix sort of situation, but know, uh, is, is mongrel preferable? Is <laughs> I don't mongrel? know. Probably <laughs> not. Which but, is better, um, mutt or mongrel? <laughs> but the, but the point is, she's got a bit of uh, genetic uh, resilience built into her because she's more than one breed, and that's also really nice. You know, if you have uh, limited means and you can't be spending tens of thousands of dollars at the vet. Maybe you should get a dog that's going to, you know, be a little more naturally healthy. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's fair because vet bills are no joke. And I think, yeah. that, I think that's a reason why vet veterinarians still support like breeders and all this. I, I it's, it's weird. It's such a weird world where people think that vets care about animals. But what they really care about is it's kind of like doctors. Do doctors care about health? That's a good question. A lot of them, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. Very interesting. I don't think doctors um, care about health. I think they some care of about them the do. same thing every other capitalist cares about. There's people with good hearts in every industry, just like we've met good veterinarians here on our show. I've met good cops, but um, the that doesn't mean that the industry is is filled with the good ones. I think that uh, that yeah. a police officer. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I've had. I've we have Crystal Heath, who's I think a pretty cool, uh, cool vegan um, vegan health uh, professional vet professional. But she defended riding horses on this show. So I mean, yeah. Well, and also everything I'm saying here is not to encourage any sort of di discrimination against any breed. If you happen to have a King Charles Spaniel, great. Take good care of that dog. If you go to the shelter and there's one of those dogs that need help, they need homes too. So they do. So they go need out. But what I am encouraging and what I think we need to, as, as just a whole movement start to be, and a lot of us are already, I am encouraging discrimination against the breeders. I am encouraging that we look at them and we try to dismantle their business business model in every way we can oh god jess you know i'm traveling america right now and in the rural parts of the country i see giant and you know from time to time you see little 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 poster boards on stakes that say something like uh husky puppies or something like that with a number and i just want to tear them down and throw them away and i want to i want to take away the sign but then a lot of times i'll see billboards that say reserve your labradoodle like that's a that's a yeah. puppy mill reserve your labrador yeah. today it's big business that's money oh my you god know. a billboard think about that billboards well, aren't cheap even in the middle of nowhere in a slightly different world that's a job that i would love to have right what do you get to do you get to have dogs and raise puppies and that's your that's your livelihood great you know what i mean like that's the part that you see but the part i see is jerking off one dog so that yeah can, so you can yeah. turkey based so you can turkey based another dog disgusting mm -hmm. it's like that scene what was that movie with the blind dude that kills all those people in the haunt in the house remember that movie no <laughs> no it's no. a great movie it's oh man who can remember someone in the chat's got to remember that it's about a blind guy who's in like detroit or something and the whole place is a is like gone it's all destroyed it's almost like barbarian where everything around the house is gone okay. and destroyed but he is like he's got a hostage and someone goes in to rob him and but he's blind but he's he's not just blind. He's like super soldier. Because even when he's blind, he's like really scary dude. 
in it's his other senses have been heightened because yeah he's he's sort of, okay. training and stuff yeah. yeah it's a scary movie nice. it's a scary movie but at the end there's a turkey basting scene that's pretty uh graphic the fact people still buy at puppy meals and still care about pedigrees barf yeah yeah you know the akc and kkk have a lot in common don't tell, don't tell our British friends about that. Anyway, moving uh, on. Uh, uh, so, yeah, but I, I think it, 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 that sort of segues into another thing that I wanted to talk about today, and that's the idea of being real, okay? And a big thing that I'm noticing in our world, and it's not just me, a lot of people are noticing this, is a lot of humans are living in a sort of dream world. Mm. And this isn't my concept. I actually got this from a guy named Adam Curtis, who's a uh, British documentarian, and he has a series uh, called Can't Get You Out of My Head. If you're on YouTube, check it out. Can't Get You Out of My Head, Adam Curtis. Anyway, he talks about the idea of a dream. Oh my we, god, he's gone. Where'd he go? Jesse, you're back. Oh, oh, I'm back. Okay. So anyway. Jesse went away and popped back immediately somehow. I'm here. What the heck happened? <laughs> um I don't I know. I just um, can't get you out of my head. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Adam Curtis, he talks about this idea of a dream world. And the idea is that we are living in a society where we don't have to see what happens in order for us to be able to live in this safe place. Like, mm. so we're here in America, but then there's, we also have one of the biggest armies in the world and we're bombing and, and like hurting people all over the world to maintain our like safety here. Yeah. And it, it's when we talk about animals, it goes right into that too. Like we have, I, man, I love cheeseburgers and marshmallows, but nobody thinks about the gelatin that goes into the marshmallow. Well, you know, I love that you say that, you know, it's a weird, it's a weird, it's a strange mirror to look at. It's a funhouse mirror, isn't it? Like the idea of we have to kill them over there so they don't kill us over here. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. And that was always bullshit. We got to go kill them over there so they don't kill us over here. And that's the same kind of thing. We better go kill a bunch of animals so that I can stay alive. I mean, we know that these things are lies that you have to kill to live. It's just not true. It's it. it it's very complicated, but yeah, it's just not true. When we, I, I, and I think we need to uphold this sort of, um, I don't know the right word for it, but it's an ideal, right? It's, it's the world that we want to live in. Yeah. So, for example, uh, a lot of people are, and, and rightfully so, concerned and paying attention to what's happening in the Middle East and Israel right now and Palestine, right? Yeah. And, and there's different people who have different opinions about it. And there's a lot of, um, a lot of words being thrown around, like, you know, you support terrorists, you're anti-Semitic, you, mm -hmm. you support state sanctioned violence, blah, 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 all this stuff. Right. And, yeah. and I don't want to get into the details of it very much because for me, my ideal quicksand is That's why, because quicksand. Well, there's quicksand. <laughs> it's quicksand. But I think it's, and it's 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 totally true. And I feel this way about a lot of things in the world. I, I'm a peaceful person, and yeah. I know you are too. And and that shouldn't even be on the table. Throwing bombs, shooting people, taking hostages from either side. But y'all stop it because right. that's it. Doesn't matter. Just don't do that. And, right. and, and we can, there's got to be a different and better way. And I know that's an incredibly naive and an incredibly simplistic take on it. But uh, I, I think that that should be our baseline, you know? Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're um, right. And I made a post about this online. Sorry to keep going about it. Oh, what but, happened? Uh, well, no, nothing happened because it, it was about a week after the Gaza, uh, you know, thing, the the Hamas attack that happened, yeah. right? And everybody's saying, and I, I've saw, I saw online, and I disagree with this. I saw online some people saying, if you don't proactively come out and condemn Hamas, that's an anti-Semitic thing. And I'm like, whoa. And you see a similar thing with like Black Lives Matter back in June 2020. People are saying, if you don't, put black lives matter on your profile that means right. you're racist and yeah. I, I don't know let's slow down you don't have to comment on everything all the time in order to you know what i mean you're not right. anti-semitic you if you, don't, if you yeah. stay out of it um, um hamas is such an interesting okay so I, i've been I, it's really weird because when it first started i'm like well i said i said what i said i said you know uh Israel's been oppressive in the past and, it, and, it, and there's oppression going on. And uh, sometimes they borderline on what I would call fascist. And But Hamas is a terrorist organization that cuts people's heads off, rapes women, uh, kills kills women, does all sorts of uh, – wants to kill all the gays, wants to kill all the Jews. So I, I – 
I am, but I'm against violence. I think you need to condemn violence on both sides. But then on these college campuses, dude, I see like pro-Israel stuff where it's like free our hostages, you know, don't kill us kind of stuff. None of them are saying go kill all of the Muslims. But the but the Palestine um, protests that I've been seeing, they are saying kill all the Jews. They are saying that. Yeah. And so. Dude, that's so, what, I can't believe well, I'm seeing that on college sure. campuses. You know, that's fucking anti-Semitic. If you're saying you're right, that is it's terrible. I've seen that from the Israelis too. I've heard Israeli people saying we need to wipe them all out. That's the only solution for this. But, and that's not to say that like one side's better. Than, it's wrong on both sides. Nobody I've never heard be. a rabbi say that. But maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy. I've never heard a rabbi get on TV and say kill all the Muslims. It'd be ludicrous to try to say yeah. kill all of one. And that's I guess the thing. I mean, you could feasibly kill all the Jews, but you couldn't kill all the Muslims. There's too many of them. They're all over. They're surrounded by Muslims. How are you going to kill yeah. them all? You can't do it. But they could totally kill all the all the Israelis if if we'd let them. You know. So I don't know, man. It's such a rough thing. But I, yeah. I really think that we just need to be condemning – as vegans, we need to be condemning yes, violence. Exactly. That, that's our baseline. And it goes yeah. it goes into like the being – just the being real about stuff. So what I what I said about it, it was that. I was like, listen, I'm hearing all of these people on both sides having all of these opinions about it. And as a vegan, it's difficult for me to hear you talk about peace when you're not vegan. Because yes, what, what people totally. need to understand is veganism is a consistent – justice and peace stance right yes. and yes. so when you're out here saying oh it's terrible they're killing our people and and then i'm standing here being like yeah it's terrible to kill others you know what i mean period. it's like yes. hot period and and it's like when when where does it stop for you and it, so it makes it very difficult to take those calls for peace seriously when you have violence in your everyday you know choices yeah, I mean, this is something that's really difficult because there are marginalized groups and people who are being oppressed who are also oppressors. And that's a difficult thing to point out. And it's also difficult for people to understand, like, I'm I'm oppressed. I can't be an oppressor. Yes, you can. And it's really difficult to take you seriously when we're talking about peace and justice if you're out actively um, – yeah, curtailing the the uh, the freedom of others and the liberty of others. Yeah, and and so this dream world that I talk about goes along with with this idea too. The a lot of people are unwilling or unable currently to just face the real reality of what everything is. If that makes yeah. sense, and, yeah. and if we can talk about it specifically in terms of animals and how we use animals, like I, I work with this a lot with the feather campaign in, in my industry with puppets and, and with fashion. So a lot of people they they refuse to watch videos of of what of how these feathers are are produced. Oh my God, Jess. So the reason why I texted you to see if you want to come on today was because yesterday I was in my I was in the truck on Utah and this lady comes up. It's it's Halloween yesterday. <laughs> you probably guess where this is going automatically. She cuts she, she comes over and she's got this feather thing like yeah. all around and it's got all these feathers. And I I I I duck down. She can't really see me and I kind of take a little short video of her. And then I, I go back to doing what I'm doing, helping somebody or something. And um, I, I hear her talking to Joseph and he, she's like, oh, my God. And I'm wearing feathers. What a fucking asshole I am. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of this. And I'm wearing feathers. Good for her. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I was trying to I was trying to do um, like talk about American Indians and all what a piece of shit. I, what an asshole I am. I'm wearing feathers. And so I ducked back down to where I was and I was like. I can't believe you just said that. I'm so glad that you recognize that you're wearing dead animals. And she's like, I feel like such an asshole right now. <laughs> I said, she said, um, she said, I, I, can you, can you, um, she said something like, can you forgive me? You know, I did it. I didn't. I'm like, I can try. That's what I said. <laughs> I can well, you try. know what? That's a win. That's you already won. You've you're forgiven because you've just called yourself an asshole and you're yeah. probably not going to wear those feathers again tomorrow. That's yeah. the thing. It's like, what are you doing? You know, uh, it's like when we know better, we do better. And um, it, it was yeah. weird because they I, I know that she and Joseph were talking about animal experimentation. She, they were talking about using animals and experimentation. She makes the connection that she's wearing a dead animal part. Yeah. And I think 
I thought that was pretty cool. And so I was like, damn, I got to talk to, I got to get Jess on the mm-hmm. show tomorrow because yeah, that's what goes to show like these single issue campaigns, like the stuff that I'm doing, I've had really interesting conversations with people who I think are a little bit smarter and make the other connections, you know, like we're talking about monkeys and cages being experimented on and they're like, but is it, if that's wrong, isn't it wrong to use any animal? And I'm like, yep. why? Yes, it is. Why don't you take a guide to going vegan? You know? Ding, ding, ding. Here's some vegan jerky. You win. Winner, winner, winner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to ring a bell. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You got connected the dots, buddy. What a fucking well, genius you are. And you're right. Oh, that's why it's a lot of the uh, criticism that these single issue campaigns get is like, well, if you're not advocating for a full vegan lifestyle, you're not doing it. But what they don't realize is letting people put those ideas together in their own head really goes a long way and it might be more impactful than if you said you need to go vegan and eat the, you know because if they can put them together it's even better yeah. um and not all of them are going to put it together right away and some of you're just sowing seeds some whatever you're doing you're doing whatever you can do but it, it is funny when in live in real time they're putting these things together yesterday i had the same thing with these two people in uh they were phd economics uh students uh they're they're in grad students and i was talking i was talking with them about how well economists have a really vital role to play in the animal rights movement really how well once you apply a dollar sign to an animal's death how much is their life worth and they're like whoa and and i said yeah and um i used to be both of them i used to be vegetarian blah 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 and i'm like well let me tell you why 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 economists need to be really thinking about their decisions when it comes to this and they're like, they they and they they both said you. This is what they said. They said you gave me so much to think about. I'm so glad I stopped. And they both took a guide to going wow. vegan. You know, yeah. like, yeah, I love that shit. Uh, are we having a hard out in like four or five minutes? Or are we well, good to go I'm, for a little while? I'm gonna throw you. I'm gonna I'm gonna hard out you in about three minutes because okay. um, yeah. But so let, well, let's do one so more thing, and then and then I'm gonna do affirmation. and I'm out of here. Okay, so I do want to say something cool because I'm on this show, and I know you've had him on your show before. Um, but there's a musician I personally oh, yeah. discovered. His name is Sweet Goose. Um, right. That's his music name. So Chris. I want Chris. Yeah. So everybody who's out there who's a vegan person, go to whatever social media, whatever music thing, and search Sweet Goose. He has an album that he released just this summer in July called Isla. And it's seven songs, and each song tells a different animal rights story. And honestly, it's some of the most beautiful music that I've ever heard in my life. Like, I feel like maybe this is what Christian rock fans feel like when they're like, oh, not only is he really good, but it has a message too. Um, But this message is legit, and it's truly inspiring. It's made me cry on several occasions. This guy is so talented, and I've said it to you, Sky, personally, uh, but I think... He might be the one to help change the world on this. He might be wow. the one. He's got, well, yeah. I reached out to him recently and asked him to come back on the show because he hasn't been on since that album came out. He was talking about that album coming out when the show, when he was, when he, I don't think he was quite done last time he was on the show. So I'm trying to get him back on and have, maybe talk about it a little bit. And, um, I think that'd be really great. It's just so good. Like, I'm surprised he's not headlining Veg Fest and Vegan Dales all over the world. He, he needs should to be. be. He totally. Should be. Yeah. I, I want to see him and uh, Kitten Pyramid, you know? Yeah. I, they live close to each other. I actually introduced them, and hopefully they're going to collab on something. But cool yeah. that be? That would be yeah. very cool. Um, one one other little thing I want to talk about. Okay, yeah. in our in our language, when we're talking about protests, oftentimes we say, "Okay, here's our target for this week. Our target is LVMH. Our target is this." And the word "target" is a very very loaded word because it implies violence sometimes to some people. So I want to encourage people in our movement to move away from using the word "target." And there's a new term that I like called "point of focus." So our point of focus this week is going to be this or that or this. Um, But then it it takes the idea of violence away and it puts the idea of like, okay, we're all going to point our focus in the same direction and this is where we're going to put our energy. Anyway, point of focus is my word of the day, my vegan activism word of the day. Point of focus in a fuliginous world. Um, I I like that point of focus. You could use lodestone, couldn't you? You could. I don't know what that word means though. It's like your north star, like a like mm. the thing, like the thing that makes your compass point where it goes. Your well, no, it it more means like it means target. Like our yeah. target was the Henson Studios when we were doing that protest. But instead of saying we're going to target them, no, that's going to be our point of focus today. 
Uh, yeah, I get it. The focus of our ire. Exactly. I, I, uh, yeah, point of focus. I don't know, so long. It's also Games of Thronesy too. Like yeah. the master of coins, the 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 breaker of chains, the killer of kings. Kingslayer. I just don't. I don't want to give the other side any even impression that we're going to be doing violence or anything like that. And the word target certainly has a loaded meaning. So no, no targets. Points of focus. Points of focus. All right. That's for me. Uh, you do you. I'm doing points of focus. I kind of like. I kind of like target because it makes it seem like you're under our microscope. You pieces of shit. We're not letting go. Because I love it. Like we. I went to an LVMH pro. pro uh, LVMH protest and one of my favorite parts is when it's over and they're like we have shut down this place this place has stopped doing for this place has stopped doing for all of your friends have stopped you need to stop you are our target yeah and I kind of like that now that you're in my my um my sights yeah no. There's that, but yeah, it, it does the sights. That's a gun term, you know what I mean? I know. But I, I want, I want to stay away from that language. But like, point of focus is like an autism term. It's like, would you rather have a guy like pointing a gun at you, or would you rather have like ten autistic people obsessed with what you're doing? I, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's that's a pain in the butt that I don't want to deal with. Like. <laughs> uh. <laughs> You are our, you are my, what could you say? You are our obsession. You are the object of our. You're our point of focus, baby. Point of <laughs> focus. Ugh, I don't know. It's got to be meaner than, can't we get somewhere in between target and point of focus? That's the, that's the beauty of point of focus. It sounds super nice. It's it too sounds, nice. Yeah, but it's not. When we actually do it, you don't want to be the point of focus for, you know, any <laughs> you of these anti-fur campaigns. Focus, not on this stuff, you know? And that's that's unfortunately part of what we're doing is like, if you can't do the right thing because it's the right thing, then sometimes you're going to have to be pressured. That's why we do these pressure campaigns. And it happens all over the world. And um, it's part of it is is making these people uncomfortable. It's like, well, if you don't care then we're going to have to make your life uncomfortable so you do it because of that. You know, if you're not going to do it because it's the right thing and you're just going to do it for yourself, anyway. I like that. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy was made by the Henson Company. The puppets were made by Henson. Damn it. Well, that's yeah. okay. I didn't want to see it anyway. It seemed too childish for me. Um, I'd use Point of Terror, Limelight Sky. <laughs> point of Terror. My <laughs> the and by the way, of my obsession. Everybody do what your heart tells you to do. When I say something like that, that doesn't mean I'm going to be mad at you if you keep using the word focus or target or whatever. You do you. Ooh, how about this? You'll be our POF until you stop being a POS. Yeah, I'm vegan like that. POF. Mm -hmm. Why can't POF? I like that. That's a bit more clinical. You know, like you are our <laughs> POF. And people are like, what's a POF? I don't want to be a POF. Yeah, POF is nice. I like that. Good point of focus. All right. Well, Jess, thank you so much for stopping by. I appreciate you so, so much. I Thank you, vegan ears. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'll see you. Happy World Vegan Day. Yeah. See you soon. Thank you. See you, man. All right, guys. So that is our uh, – that's Jess, Jess McKay, the one and only. You can find him at probably Witch or also the um, – what? where else? You can find him at all Jess McKay all day, AI for the animals. He also runs um, the Church of Vegan over on Instagram. So you can find him everywhere. If you don't know, now you know, kitten. Meanwhile, we have Jay Jokic. <laughs> Cheers. All right. So we have all we have left is um, the affirmation, guys. Today is your if you're not if you're not vegan, please GTFO. Don't forget to smash the like button if you haven't already. Here is the daily affirmation for vegans only. Let's find out what we've got today. A cup of tea can spark joy. Pressure is my purpose. Ooh, pressure. Pressure is my purpose. Don't want to be my POF. One of my many intentions for this lifetime is simply to experience pure pleasure and sheer delight. Pleasure is my purpose. I thought it said pressure is my purpose. Pleasure is my purpose. Pleasure is my purpose. Uh, that would mean that when I'm enjoying myself, I'm fulfilling my purpose. That's it. When I'm enjoying myself, I'm feeling. I like it. I like handing out literature to people about veganism. I'm fulfilling my purpose. How fun to have a purpose that has no end destination or tangible goal in sight. Awesome, ladies and gentlemen, vegans of all ages. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being here. Bye. It's so hard to not abuse animals. Carnies can't fuck themselves. Don't fuck 
themselves. This is a shout out for the girls. Well, happy World Vegan Day, and um, I will be at the University of Utah today, and tomorrow I will be at the University of um, Ogden. I'll be in Ogden University. What's it called? It's not called Ogden. It's called Weber, Weber University in Ogden, Utah. After that, I'll be in Chico State with the, ab with the abduction tour. I hope that you will happily come and see me and check out my, uh, my mobile VR studio. And I can't wait to tell you what else we've got going on, but um, I'll be coming to, I'll be going back to California here pretty soon. And I'm really looking forward to that. I have a girlfriend in California that I can't wait to see. Thank you so much for your support. And if you aren't already going to go to wildearth.com, if you have a dog, get some dog food. I know that, um, I know that Jess McKay is feeding his dog wild earth because he wants little Faye to live a long, healthy life. The oldest dog who ever lived was vegan. Your dog could be vegan too. Help, help, uh, help your dog live a long, healthy life and, and one, one with fewer vet bills. Illegitimate, non-carborundum. Don't let the bastards grind you down because I need you. We need each other and the aminals need you for sure. Thanks, everybody. Bye.